Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside, wow, Jared Clem, alongside my host, Mark Riley. We're here, we're back, and we're better than ever. Well, I am, at least. Your your, your record speaks for itself. You know what? Well, I'm, 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 I'm a good loser. I'm, I'm handling it well. What's <laughs> killing me? <laughs> I will at least admit you are the most gracious loser I've ever met in my life. So that, there we go. That is the opener. Um... Mark is now officially 0-4. We are actually going to start something new this week. We're releasing our records in the article, so you have to click on it now to find out how badly Mark lost to me. Um, but he is 0-4. I am 4-0. Gee, you know what really is going to suck? You're probably going to – one week you're probably going to beat me, and I'm going to not hear the end of it. See, no, I, I can't – I'm not the person that, like, would brag about something like that because I'm still going to be 1-4. Say I win next week, I'm 1-4. But, I mean, I guess – I don't know. I'm just happy we started midway through the year or slash towards the end because I would have been embarrassed if it was like a Owen Sand or something. If any, the people who know who have actually been following my columns, and I appreciate the support. Now it's our column, but back when it was just my column a couple weeks ago, there was one week I shot, I think, six and eight or five and eight or like something atrocious. I actually finished, I actually finished at 500 for college and pro because I shot so bad in the NFL. I think I only got three games right. I think it was the the week we lost to Tennessee. The Eagles lost to Tennessee. I think that week I shot like so bad that like some uh, unnamed uh, belly up person who will not be named because I literally wanted to rip them open like a freaking carcass after they said this in the chat about my about my thing. But they were like, "Oh, corner booth, not doing hot." Like, all right, shut up. I must have brought some good uh, good picks your way. Then. Good vibes. Well, that hot since that the first the- week. That and my beer of the week, which is uh, Hoptical Illusion by I very uh, my favorite brewery actually, and I highly recommend you go check them out. This is not this is not sponsorship, by the way. I literally just love their beer, and I'm drinking it right now. We're not sponsored by Belly Up, in I mean, uh, by by Blue Point whatsoever. Uh, we are sponsored by Belly Up Sports, though. So yeah. But if Blue Point um, would like to uh, put a sponsorship in here, they are more welcome. <laughs> oh my god, yes, we would love to have Blue Point sponsor us. We, you know, some, you know, free beer and, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So. Speaking of beer. <laughs> Wait, how are we speaking? Oh, six the six pack. pack. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm breaking <laughs> it. So not click that. I'm running out three hours of sleep. So bear with me, folks. So first off, we got to talk college. Mark, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. Oh, man. Back-to-back weeks, West Virginia, breaking my heart. I was in Morgantown at the game. You sh- uh, my, if you saw the Twitter page, Belly Up Sports Twitter, uh, there was a picture of my location. It was a wild game, man. I mean, not the outcome we wanted. Played. Uh, it was like pretty similar to the uh, Rams-Chiefs Monday night game. Maybe a little less defense, but in person, man, I would go watch that 10 times out of 10. It was, it was a crazy game. It must have had your heart pounding. You know what? The thing is, I look at it. Sorry, I had to get some water. Um, I looked at, I watched the game. I will admit, I was watching from a bar at my high school, five year high school reunion. And here's the thing I noticed. Well, one, I was always right. The Big 12 will never play defense ever again. Two, um, I just Oklahoma just, I honestly think Kyler Murray is just a better quarterback than Will Greer. Will Greer's got, you know, one more pro potential, but like, I think Oklahoma altogether, actually, no, let me rephrase that. Will Greer's a better quarterback, but Kyler Murray has a better supporting cast. And that is why Oklahoma won. Yeah, I mean, the worst part is that Kyler Murray had a pick in the end zone and a fumble. And that's like so rare that it never happens. I, that's the, I thought if that would have happened, you would have told me that would have happened before the game. I would have said we win, but they made plays. Will Greer had a fumble after I would call it BS uh, personal foul call when the 
receiver for West Virginia was pushing the dude out of bounds. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just the pieces didn't come together toward the end there. And we had a chance in a fourth down stop, and they got it, and that was it. Uh, you know, honestly, West Virginia shouldn't hang their hat. They they honestly had a great season, and they uh, or they should hang their hat in the fact that they had a great season. And honestly, regardless if they make the playoffs or not, which is highly unlikely, um, they would take a, a absolute miracle. Um, honestly, you guys had probably your best season ever since like the Rich Rodriguez days. So yeah, uh, I mean, it was nice. I mean, this like it's like oh sweet like you guys are this like, just, you guys are this year's Miami. Yeah, I mean, it just sucked because it's like we our offense didn't it was always there since the defense. I mean, it also sucks because Will Greer's and David Sills and um, what's it called? Uh, Greg or Jennings, our other receiver, they're all gone, and we're going to be young and probably not even close to where we are next year. But I have to get look into who we got coming back. But, yeah, it's pretty depressing because this was the year to do it. But, I mean, hey, like I said, hopefully well, we get a good bowl game, hopefully against Penn State. That'd be fun. Oh, my, that'd be great. I would definitely go to that game. Um, next up on the six-pack is a personal favorite of mine. I actually watched this game, uh, like, l- as much as I could after work, was Miami Pitt. So, for all you guys don't know, the ACC this year has just been insane. First off, at one point, you had Clemson, Miami, and Virginia Tech were all top 10 ranked teams or top 15 ranked teams. ACC was supposed to be this crazy conference this year. You had the rise up of North Carolina State. You had Boston College come out of nowhere. You had Q's emerge. And you had Miami fall off the map for most of the year. You had West Virginia completely fall into disarray. And you had Pitt come out of nowhere to get a 24 seed. And by the end of it, what happened? Uh, Mark Richt and the boys walk uh, – Welcome Pitt into Coral Gables and smack the living daylights out of Pitt. Mark, the only points that Pitt's got on the board, and I told you this in the pre-show meeting, were legitimately play or fueled off of three really bad penalties. One of them was should not have been called. But Pitt honestly was not even a top twenty-four team, and it just kind of shows the ACC is so bad this year. It's kind of a down. I mean, every team there's like seven teams making a bowl game, but in terms of like playoff contention, the a- ACC was so bad this year. The championship game is going to be a wash. Honestly, I was say, isn't Pitt playing in the? Pitt, it's hilarious because Pitt, Pitt, Georgia Tech, and Miami all the same record overall, but because of the stupid conference record crap, which drives me crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, Miami's fourth behind a team that has a worse record than them. I I honestly hate this, but. Honestly, I actually have a column coming out this week about why this season was a necessary setback for the Hurricanes, but I think this win kind of sent some of the seniors out on top, and it was just it just showed Miami can play ball when they don't have a quarterback controversy and they run the football, and their defense yeah. steps up. So, Travis Homer had 168 yards, so he definitely only on eight oh, carries. That's insane. Eight he carries. Was on- He's a monster. He well, because there's four. Miami rotates three running backs. It's Dallas, um, uh, their their rookie, their freshman whose name escapes me right now, and then Travis Homer, and Homer's their go-to guy, which cracks me up even more. Yeah. So, I it, he's going to be a senior next year. So watch for him and uh, th- that three-headed monster at running back just continues to destroy ACC teams. Because I think this is Clemson's last real year of dominance. Because they didn't finish in the top. I don't think they finished in the top five in recruiting this year. Yeah, I I would agree with you, but Trevor Lawrence is still going to be there for two more years. So. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing. I'm not sold on this kid yet. Let's see him actually play a legitimate defense because he's really played some real chump change this year, and I want to see him go against an actual legit team. Yeah, I agree. With some actual NFL speed. So that means like an Alabama or a Florida or a Miami or a – or even like Oklahoma or Michigan. I almost said Oklahoma. But I forgot their Big Ten team. Um, or even Notre Dame, which is a really decent defense this year. So I think that um, um, I, I don't know. I just I look at it this way. I, I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence. I think honestly, it's Tua's championship to lose. Going forward. Oh, for sure. All right, but and I think uh, it's be a little good battle between them. What do you think is the final – and uh, let's reveal the final uh, six-pack uh, – I mean the final uh, college game in the six-pack. 
So we was we were stuck between Ohio State and Michigan or LSU versus Texas A&M, and I got to go with LSU, Texas A&M. 74 to 72. What is that? Like, that's the highest score. It might be the highest scoring game in history. I didn't even it, it, it's close. And all I'm going to say about the, other, the, the, the game was that Michigan choked, and they honestly proved that they – Ohio State stepped up, pulled off a monster upset, and the fact that we are an Ohio-based sports blog – you could check our website. Oh, we lit up Michigan. But I love this game. A buddy, a kid I went to college with, goes to gets is getting his master at Texas A and M, and he was at the game. And I w- wish I was there for this. It looked amazing, and the the, the catches that were that being made in overtime, I couldn't believe the scoring. I was like. Like it was just the way it was happening. It wasn't like you know, like little like punch ins on the one yard line or something like that. They were making these incredible catches and like these ridiculous throws. I'm like, how is this like happening? This looks like a Madden game on like rookie it, mode. It really did. It, it felt like when I used to play college uh, football, uh, the video game, and NCAA, I would like R.I.P. Yeah, man. R.I.P. Hopefully it uh, returns to us. But I mean, yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy. Make it happen. Please, somebody like pay the athletes. I'll do whatever it takes. I will but, literally pay the athletes a dollar each for every time they're they're showing them. I don't care. Like it was NCAA ten with uh, Michael Crabtree in the cover it was like one of my favorite. I I beat the. I literally played a career mode all four years as a running back from. I think I I ended up getting a scholarship from Carolina, and I literally played all four years and won the national title three times just because I would love the game so much. Wow, I can't believe you would commit to a uh, ACC team that's not Miami. They wouldn't give me a scholarship. <laughs> I did have a defensive end for Miami, though, and he actually went to the NFL. So, oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I had <laughs> but, so uh, many, I had that game for so long. I had like four different career modes that went all four years. Uh, dude, I still play in say fourteen. But anyways, uh, LSU Texas A&M, like I said, crazy game. Seven overtimes is outrageous in itself. I heard, um, I forget who I heard say, and he offered up a good idea. He's like, he likes the college rule, but. Put the ball at the forty or something, you know. Yeah, Instead make it of- challenging. This is like honestly, half these guys. I can hit. Listen, I can hit the back of the end zone from the thirty with like my eyes closed. Like it's yeah. not a hard throw at all. And the pr- fact of the matter is, these guys are borderline professional quarterback, athletic wise level, and it, it it's not even hard for these guys anymore. Yeah. So I look at it like this: like you got to realize that this game hopefully opens NCAA's eyes a little bit. Yeah. Because this needs to change. Because honestly, as much as I enjoyed it, they got to make it more challenging. Yeah, seven is just a little too much. But so yeah, on to the next. And now we go NFL. So I'm I'm letting you choose. I'm actually going to choose the NFL games because I'm just feeling awesome. But uh, we're going to Seahawks Panthers first. Seahawks uh, Panthers. I take the blame for the Panthers loss. Every I, if I, I'm curious. I kind of want to pick them every game the rest of the season. And if they lose, so our, out, Eagles, so our Eagles could even have a shot at the wild card, even somehow by some horrible reason we don't beat out the the Cowboys. So yeah, no, keep picking the Panthers. I want to see if this keeps going. It's um, crazy. Or if I, I pick the other team, they win. It's like I don't know what it is, but I cannot get lucky. With I want no. Listen, I will take. I will take a grenade pick. Like I will pick the Browns to beat the Saints or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> Just to just to say that, like, I will in solidarity so, to just to risk this so the Panthers keep losing. But Mark, you have p- put some unholy jinx on them, and I love it because what they're what, like they're like they're what zero and three in the last three weeks. Yeah, I picked them three weeks in a row. Ever since I said they were gonna, I said that Cam was gonna finally prove me wrong and beat the Steelers, and they haven't won since. Um. Yeah, you're. I'm gonna even if you pick. The pan- don't pick the Panthers. I'm literally going to change your pick in the column. You pick the Panthers. <laughs> See, if, now, if you do it, I'll probably get the pick right. Yeah, so I will like get so pissed off that I'll probably like curse your name and like kick you off my podcast. But I, but yeah. I, 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 I mean, I'll, I'll open trials for new co-hosts if Mark doesn't pick the Panthers. <laughs> but yeah, the, to the game though, I mean, it was a back and forth game. But the Seahawks, man, who would have thought this team would actually be as relevant as they are? Russell Wilson's the man, I think personally. They, yeah, and that, and you know what? They just they just find ways to win games. They're the they scrappy, have a running game. It's weird. They're the scrappy little like no name team that just keeps hanging. There's one every year. There's yeah. the team that it was last year's the Ravens. Like they just they they hang around to the final game of the season. 
They make you think they're going to... I don't think the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to, you know, kind of fall off. I think this is kind of short-lived. You know, they ran into the Mark Riley Panthers, but um, where it's like a gimme win if, like, Mark picks them. But I just think it's like... I watched that game after my after the Eagles, like, knocked off uh, the Giants. Uh, uh-oh, preview to our next game. Um, I just... I literally looked at it like... I, when they got inside the 30, when uh, I think it was Lockett caught the ball inside the 30, I'm like, oh, there goes Janikowski. Game over. Yeah. yeah. The crazy stat, though, of this game is McCaffrey, McCaffrey had 100... 17 carries for 125 yards and 11 receptions for 112 yards. With two He's TVs, a so. monster. And oh, you lose my... that game. That's crazy. Well, that just shows how bad their defense is. I'm actually dropping Carolina's defense in my paid league, even though I, I just probably... picked them up, actually. I would drop them at all. Well, they're playing. I forget who they're playing, but I it was it made sense why I'm picking them up. I think it was like the Raiders or something. But you're they're playing the oh damn dang dang it! <laughs> Come on, let's see, Mark. I'll, let's see, I'll play <laughs> let's them. Test, let's let's test the curse. Let's yeah. test the curse, Mark. All right, I I just think you know the Seahawks are just there's no logical reason why they keep winning games besides Russell Wilson is just better than Cam Newton. But uh, I in which I would stand by that statement a thousand times over, but. I um I don't know. This game just kind of perplexed me because they have a running game somehow between Mike Davis and Chris Carson, and it cracks me up a little bit. Nope. I uh, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, let's see what the Seahawks do next week. I honestly think that it's going to be kind of a heat check kind of thing. But um, yeah. So speaking of uh, another surprising games, we're going to talk about Broncos and Steelers. Yeah, we're going to go there first. We'll save our Eagles for the end of it. Um. Yeah. Man, like I just I love the like you know I have um I have uh Philip Lindsay on my uh my fantasy team for my um for the me and Brian Lynch's Clem League mm-hmm. uh for our family and I picked him up as a like a, one of my cousins dropped him because he had a bad week because it's such a loaded like you know league but I yeah. grabbed him and he's been like putting up numbers for me like this kid's a monster like he's, he's was, really good if it wasn't for Saquon Barkley this kid would probably be rookie of the year candidate like yeah. so. His vision and quickness is really good. He's up there with the best. I mean, he just blasts by people. I'm like, okay, this guy's a monster. But yeah, the Broncos—they're not going to win this year. They need to go get a quarterback in the draft. I really hope they go get like your boy Greer because I think he would fit in great in that high altitude air. But um, the 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 Broncos have a good running game, and honestly, you know, next if they can keep building off of it, like they're they're a good team. They just they're missing about four or five. They missing the quarterback, duh. Yeah. And besides that, like they just win ugly games. And the Steelers, man, they just can't get out of their own way in some of these games. It cracks me up. I'll just say because they had the game so easily, and Big Ben just made two terrible interceptions. Uh, the one at the end of the game when he, if you look, you see what he saw. He saw Antonio Brown going across the middle. Probably thought that was an easy touchdown, but it just happened that the defense alignments uh, slid back and the corner was going to, I think it was Harris, was going to take it off anyway. That's, I mean, Big Ben, he can't make those plays. It's well, Chris, cool. we also got to acknowledge Chris Harris, who almost was an eagle at the deadline. Oh, Howie, you could have done so much. Um, like, he's a, Chris Harris is a top 10 corner. He has for the last five years. He's just a monster. But the other thing is, like, can we t- settle this now? Big Ben is not a top five court, elite quarterback anymore. I would not put him uh, in elite. I, I don't know. I still trust him, and that's why I look like I would trust him over a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, I understand I he blew that game, but I, I just I don't I just I, like Big Ben. Like I think Antonio Brown has kind of extended his window of eliteness because, like, if you take Brown out of the equation and you just kind of gave him left him like you know the like his like a, a range of receivers i'm like you know what i would even throw him in there i think he's still like an a minus quarterback but like to be elite you have to be an a or better and i just think he's like just below elite now yeah it was at least the last years. 10 years but like now it's starting to fade away a little bit yeah i mean i kind of see where you're getting at but I, i'm not going to throw in that towel yet but, i'm just um... also here for the bold takes and the hot predictions so <laughs> i feel you and then the last one, our birds and the giants. I don't know. I don't. You you could have your thoughts on it, but I I'm not too sure if I was happy. Yeah, we won. But okay, here's here here are a couple things you got to realize. I, being belly up Eagles beat writer, I have to literally like drag my head through this game like a thousand times over. And here are the three themes I got. One, 
the Giants went in this game with an intent to win because somehow at three and seven they still had a shot if everybody lost out. Then they lost. But that's about it for the Giants. Here's the thing. The Philadelphia Eagles have we're gonna this would be a very Eagles centric chat here. As two Eagles fans discuss this. Um first off, the Philadelphia Eagles came in and their defense struggled in the first half for three reasons. One, new cornerbacks. I love uh, LeBlanc, I want this guy to stay in Philadelphia because the quote he said today, the other day, I'm actually gonna, I'll pull this up in a minute, but he, it was, it was something about like, what are you gonna you do? You, you're gonna piss your pants and run. Essentially, that was the the, the thing of the quote, yeah. like when he went up against Odell in the red zone. But here's the thing, when I guess Malcolm Jenkins went up to, um, after Malcolm Jenkins got the pick right before halftime, which I think like completely deflated the Giants right there because it was just a dumb throw. Eli tried to force the ball to Odell. My buddy called it, actually, which was hilarious. Sweet. And I guess Malcolm Jenkins went to Jim Schwartz and goes, why are we playing this complicated defense? Let's just simplify it. We have good athletes on the ball. Let's rush the passer, play straight up man, and let's make Eli beat us. And it worked. Clearly, the second half, the Giants scored what? Three points, and that should just tell you everything you need to know. I think the in the, apparently the Eagles are going to stick with us the rest of the season because the Eagles. The one beautiful thing about defense, and this being me being a football nerd, played eight years. I actually know if you count college, I played twelve. But defense, you can get away with just having straight up athletes and playing straight up man to man. There doesn't need to be complications, and that was the biggest thing I think. And the Eagles' defense looks so much more. And the biggest thing in this game was Josh Adams. I'm yeah. actually, like, he was the difference maker. Because here's the thing. When the Eagles ran the football, the Giants had to pack the box. And he still was getting 9 or 10 yards a clip. It wasn't even like the Giants couldn't touch him. He was he ran through Landon Collins twice on back-to-back runs. And I was like, okay, this kid actually has some talent. And yeah, he, I mean, he has 22 carries, 84 yards. I mean, it's just so, and it's amazing what he would have had if that uh, penalty didn't happen. He broke I mean, off that – and that Jason Kelsey hole honestly could have been like, oh, Ogletree had overpursued the, the play anyway. Adams would have been blasted through even if Kelsey barely touched him. But um, I look at it like this. The, I, I'm right. Because the Eagles were able to run the ball in the second half so effectively, the defense only had to go on the field. The Eagles actually won time possession in the second half, and it allowed that defense to get fresh. And it allowed the pass rushers to be able to pin their ears back and just attack Eli. And you saw Bennett's sack, which kind of broke the back of the Giants. And I think he is the key. Because if you look at Philadelphia's problems on offense the past eight weeks since Ajahi went out, the Philadelphia Eagles have struggled to be able to consistently run the football. And no offense to Corey Clement or Wendell Smallwood, they're not good backs. Corey Clement is a great open space running back. He is a great catch the ball out of the backfield, let him get some momentum, bowl through a cornerback, and get some serious yardage. But the problem is the way he runs, he's very choppy feet. Every time he runs through a cluttered hole, he gets tackled. Josh Adams, I saw this dude stop and jump cut and then cut again through a hole and break off a 10-yard run. I'm like, all right, this is like watching some LaShawn McCoy highlights. This is crazy. I'd never seen a running back do that in Philadelphia since before. Because even Jay Ajahi couldn't do that. Ajahi, as much as I loved him, and he was one of my favorite players that Philadelphia had in that roster last year and this year, his problem is Ajahi's a downhill guy. But Adams is a downhill guy. with. I'm writing about this. I actually have a column coming up this week about Josh Adams. But literally, he is a phenomenal back. And the only reason he wasn't drafted higher, wasn't drafted is because he had a foot injury and his stat, his draft stock like dropped to like a lead balloon to the point where he wasn't even draftable. And Phil was like, we'll take him. He didn't even play till like week. He wasn't even available to play until like week four. Yeah. But he was the difference maker in this game. And honestly, if Philadelphia can continue to run the football, we're a different team. And we get Jalen Mills and Jones back possibly this week. I like our chances. I'm still, like I said, I'm not. You're way more on board than I am. I still think that the Giants blew this game on purpose. I'm all about that conspiracy life because Saquon was dominating, and he only ends with 13 carries, 101 yards. I don't understand why they gave him barely any carries second half. Well, also I, we bottled him up in the second half, though. Like he had one carry over six yards against us in the second half. Yeah, I know you were 13 total carries. So it's you like, were driving the second half, correct? Yeah, but I still uh, I. Was, I 
told that he was not getting a lot of touches in the second half. Him and Odell Here's, I'm gonna that. I'm gonna tell you what because I watched me and my buddy watched this. I was like intently watching this. Here's what I noticed: the Eagles were like a lot quicker to the ball. They were tr- like Saquon. He broke one like seven yard run, and then he like got sacked. But here's the problem. Because early in the second half, that's when Philadelphia got that drive, and then the the Giants are constantly trying to play catch up, trying to keep them out of the game. And the thing was that Saquon wasn't getting any separation because the Eagles' D line, it was like halftime, like they woke up, like, oh crap, we won the Super Bowl. Mark, I'm not even kidding. The defensive line looked incredible in the second half. It looked like they did last year, opposed to what they looked like the first nine games, uh, eleven games of the season. Well, so yeah, that's what I like. That's what I want to hear. I said. But. It's it's a different, and I know why Pat Shermer stopped giving Barkley the ball because the last four carries in the second half, he literally got bottled up so badly because it was like he I've asked the line of scrimmage, oh there's Cox, there's Jurgen, oh Ben hits him or Bradham yeah. hits him or Cruje Hill hits him. The Eagles were swarming the football. I had never seen it. It was like something I didn't see in all year. It was like a dream. So I understand. I don't think the Giants were trying to throw the game because they honestly like. It's the Giants. They wouldn't, like, I don't know. They, they It's a rivalry game. I don't think they would throw the, season, the game like that. Even last year when Philadelphia had just lost uh, Wentz for the season, the Giants gave us a game. Yeah. It's never, like, that kind of throw. I think that theory is a little off. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, I, 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 would, I would hope that they wouldn't do that. But, like I said, I wouldn't throw it completely out the window. But, I mean, hey, I mean, we'll see next week, Monday night. I'm still deciding if I'm going to tailgate for it or not, but we'll see. But yeah, Monday night against the Redskins. I think we have to do a, cl- a corner booth takeover uh, next season for the Eagles. For yeah, week one. I, think, I think we should go to. I will literally drive down to Philadelphia and we will do a corner booth takeover. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, we shouldn't post what we are actually going to be talking. <laughs> we shouldn't post the videos after we tailgate. Um, but Contents. yeah, so that's that's the six pack. And sorry, we went along with the Philadelphia talk. Being two Eagles fans, you got to kind of expect it. Um, next up, it's the rundown. Mr. Riley, take it away. Another week, another rundown. News never stops in sports. We're going to start off with the most uh, exciting sport there is. And Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, we talked about last week. They had their match. And the great Phil Mickelson pulled off the victory. I uh, did not watch it because I did not pay for it. And, uh... But I heard it was – I was also tailgating for the West Virginia game. But I heard it was actually pretty good. Uh, heard it could have been better. But what I saw highlights, it looked uh, pretty entertaining, actually. I looked at it like this. I didn't watch either because I was, of course, at the um, – my buddy, shout out to my boy Sean Mullen, uh, tried to pull it up when we were at the bar for mm. our high school reunion. We were literally sitting at the bar at this brewery uh, a town over from us, and he goes – Yo, I'm trying to pull this bar. I'm trying to pull the fight because apparently there were like network complications, so like it became free to the public, or something yeah. like that towards the end. But um, he couldn't pull it up. But I was excited because I kept seeing our our uh, one of our uh, coworkers, uh, Brian Lynch, kept tweeting about it. And I, I I'm a big Tiger guy. He's my favorite golfer. He always has been. He always will be. So of course I'm rooting for Tiger. But it was pretty cool to kind of see this and. The fact they were mic'd up. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the best part was the end. I saw how Tiger was uh, going to attempt this putt, and Phil said, uh, pick that up. I don't want to beat you this way. And then the next hole, he beat him fair and square. But, I mean, it's good for golf. I don't think it's going to happen again. But, I mean, whatever. So, next up is the Wizards and how we talked about last week to trying to get rid of people. There's a lot of rumors now with uh, Beal and Wall, more Beal. And a lot of the talks with the Clippers, like we said last week, uh, talks with the Lakers. So it sounds like LA is really pushing for him hard. But uh, thoughts on that? I knew this was going to happen. And now, like, you know, like we've, you know, we have the whole Dwight Howard situation. We're not really going to oh, touch geez. on. But I don't really want to touch on that, honestly, because that's just a nasty situation. I honestly don't really care. Guy's personal life is his personal life. It shouldn't really affect his professional. Um, yeah. I look at it like this with Beal and Wall. I told you before, as a Wolves fan, I would love to see Wall wearing Timberwolves Navy by the end of this week. It'd be great. But, um, you know, what can you do? Beal, of course, a great player. And he would he would make L.A. a playoff contender easily, like even more than they already are. I honestly think this is about time coming, even though they just beat the Rockets last night, which cracks me up. But, uh yeah, I agree. I mean, the thing they were talking about is the Clippers, 
just because that team is actually playing well. But the Lakers, a lot of talk is uh, Contavious, Colwell, Pope, Ingram, Lonzo, and then like Josh Hart's thrown in there. Like, who would you give away? And I was saying Lonzo probably, and I don't think Brandon Ingram's all he's uh, made out to be. So I think they would deal Lonzo and probably uh, KCP because well, if they I, took that, yeah, if they took the, if they could get rid of that, because I think I look at it like this: like you don't want to get with Josh Hart. Josh Hart can ball, and I also think Brandon Ingram has so much talent, you really can't give him away. I just think, you know, like LeBron's got to find a way to light a fire under his ass. But, I mean, yeah. it's it's going to – if anybody can do it, it's going to be uh, King James. Uh, I, I look at it like this. I think both guys will be moved by Christmas. Um, if they're doing it this early, then definitely, like, it's going to be happening before we have to deal with the February deadline post-All-Star break. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens going forward. Yep. So, sticking with the basketball, Jimmer for debt is now – Jimmer range. Dude, he's been killing it over in China, but he has now been uh, said that he wants another shot in the NBA. You think? I mean, this is the perfect time for him to come back. It's like he's perfect for what the NBA wants right now. I mean, everyone's just shooting from wherever. I think he would actually, if he's. I mean, I think they're it'd be t- perfect time for him to come back. Honestly. You're gonna love my take here, Minnesota. Give this dude a contract. We need three point shooting because. Robert Covington apparently can't the broads out of a barn near the Ken Wiggins right now. So you know oh, what? something about Covington that he stinks. Oh, no way. shut up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I'm want, happy. I hope Jimmer comes back. He's I want excited. Jimmer in Timberwolves Navy by the end of the month. Uh, Tibbs, make it happen. I want to see this dude number seven for the Timberwolves, like chucking up bombs. While while Towns is catching rebounds left and right, I love it. I want to see this dude back in the NBA just for the fact that he actually is like a more entertaining version of Steph. I want to see if he chucks up a three from behind, like half court, just like I don't know about all that, but I I know. I mean, I mean, I'm just curious to see if he could dominate. Like he's, I mean, I don't think he'll dominate, but I'm hoping he'll put up some good numbers. But um, enough of the basketball talk. Back to some football. My, I wouldn't even call him my guy, but Ruben Foster, I guess he's my guy because I wanted the Eagles to draft him over Barnett that uh, a couple years ago. But yeah, he has, was released by the 49ers for his third domestic violence uh, charge, just picked up off of waivers by the Redskins, and now the NFL has came in and said he's exempt from – they're coming in saying it's not allowed. They're going to look more into it. How can this guy get all these charges and still be in this league? Well, because it's Dan, a Dan Snyder-led football team, so, you know, nothing makes sense and everything's not forbidden. Um, I tried to quote Assassin's Creed there because literally nothing makes sense to Dan Snyder. I honestly, I, I, I've tried to figure out what goes through this man's head ever since I was a, like an eight-year-old kid loving my Philadelphia Eagles. Dan, like, here's the thing. Ruben Foster's a very talented linebacker. But if he has this many problems, first of all, Ow. if that's in that toxic relationship... This dude should not be with this woman, period. Two, for the love of God, Washington, you already just lost your quarterback for the year. Stop being stupid. This guy needs help. He needs to be in a – he needs, like, like some serious anger management. There's a lot of things here. There's some – like, he needs not – like, he needs to take a year or two off from football. And um, – So he has to do the Chris Carter. When Chris Carter was on the Eagles way back in the day, he said he was just a – kind of like a piece of shit person that didn't really care. And then he said after he got cut or whatever and released, he said it kind of was a slap in the face that he needed to change. But I don't know. I hope Ruben Foster, I mean, I don't want to wish well upon him if he's beating uh, women or anything, but I mean, I just hope he figures it out because he's a good talent. Um, speaking of good talent, some would say he is, some would probably disagree. Blake Bortles is not the starting quarterback. The, go- the boat. The boat. Shout out part of my take for the boat. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel bad because I love Blake Boros. He's funny. He's a good dude, but he just isn't the best quarterback. <laughs> okay, so our uh, our coworker and a good friend of mine who actually recruited to belly up, Kevin Langley, posted, like, the best article about it. Check it out, by the way. Um, it was about Blake Boros going to the Patriots. And, you know what, as much as this trolling article, the theory makes sense because he only plays well in New England. So, Honestly, like I, I, you know what? I love Bortles. I honestly think he needs a good coach around him. Doug Marone strikes me as a guy who's in over his head, and like I knew this when he was in like Buffalo, Jacksonville. If they want that team to succeed, they need a good coach. They can't keep hiring these like 
Kmart bargain bin head coaches and expect like playoff wins. Like the fact that the 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 built the uh, the Jags made the AFC title game and the NFC title uh, the AFC title game two years ago, it was literally because of the fact that they literally played nobody until they played New England. Yeah, I mean, I'm not completely out on uh, Maroon. I think he's not a terrible coach. He kind of had the Bills. Um, they were kind of relevant when he was there, and then he just randomly decided to leave. But I just think they need to go either. There's talks about I forget who they were talking about. Or they, like they should have like this past offseason maybe gotten a Bridgewater or something like that. But uh, this draft might be able to help them. Like I've heard like that Justin Herbert I think's kind of fallen down on the quarterback list. But I mean Dwayne I Haskins. And, right? Yeah, Dwayne yeah. Haskins is now back on the top of the list because he had one good game. I mean I don't, I think Haskins is I'm still not sold on him even though he's been playing well. But, uh, I mean, they'll figure it out. By the way, we're going to plug it right now. Be Stay tuned in April for me and Mark's draft special. We literally are going to do a separate podcast of us just talking the NFL draft for about two hours. Yeah, it's probably be, a good old mock draft, too. Yeah, it's going to be – we're only going to do the first round, I promise. Um, <laughs> I'm not making that promise. <laughs> I will because I control the editing button. Um, <laughs> uh, so on to the next, um, the college football – Jeff Brom, the Purdue football Jake? coach. Oh, I think said Jake Brom. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm no, Jeff Brom, uh, Purdue's coach right now. Just he supposedly has met with Louisville. I mean, I understand Louisville, but it doesn't I don't make, feel like I would leave. Purdue is in a conference that is falling apart, and the ACC has about okay. So let me let me summarize this right now. The ACC next year is going to have eight teams in contention: Miami, Clemson, North Carolina State. Um, you know, so I caught myself there. Um, uh, oh, I almost gave a shout out to your boy, Josh. Florida State won't be good for another 10 years. Um, Jeez. Syracuse, Boston College, um, Pitt, um, Georgia Tech. And you could even toss in at the, you could even toss in Virginia Tech. Cause I don't think, I think this season was an anomaly. That's nine teams or that could compete next year for a title in the ACC. Why in God's name would you go to the one program that literally only succeeded because they had a quarterback who might be the second coming of Michael Vick? Yeah, I was going to say, because other than with the Bridgewater and, um, what's this, uh, I don't remember the coaches. Yeah, well, no, I'm saying Um, the coach, Charlie Strong. Oh, Charlie Strong, okay. Yeah, Uh, other than that, like, I don't understand what this whole, like, Louisville hype's even about. Like, I don't care about their football program. Purdue, They're a basketball like, school. Yeah, not saying Purdue's is much better, but I'd rather, like, go get something better than freaking Louisville. But, I mean. Look at Texas Tech. They just yeah. released their coach. Go for it. Come on. Yeah. So, like, this uh, is stupid to me. I think Purdue just shot themselves in the football and this guy go, but whatever. But, uh, I know you accidentally almost said North Carolina, but, but. Maybe something's brewing up there. Mac Brown was just uh, announced head coach there. I don't think it's the greatest move. What do you I think? It might... Butch, jo- Butch Davis leaves, comes out of the, comes out, comes back into the NCAA. Mac Brown's coming back to. What is it with North Carolina? Is it just a great retirement community? Like holy I crap! I guess because Mac Brown's sixty-seven, which is last time I checked, is not very young. And I mean, I think he'll build a. He hopefully... Looks older, which cracks me up. I, yeah, I thought, I thought he, was... he was in his seventies. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's good for, to get them. Cause they haven't been really relevant. Even when Trubisky was there, they weren't really that good, but there's, uh, rumors are that Gene Chizik, the old Auburn coach, when they won the national championship with Cam and then Cliff Kingsbury might be their office coordinator. That I think would be actually a good little trifecta there, but they got to get the recruits. But okay. I, think- I am really hoping as a Hurricanes fan that we make a run at Kingsbury too. Cause him with Nikozi Perry would be a night, would be like a nightmare for every ACC defense. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I really don't think North Car- like here. I think we should pump the brakes on all these rumors because here's the deal: North Carolina is not an A job. Besides the fact they're they're the, they're the first college football team to be sponsored by Jordan, besides Michigan. I look at it like this: like they're the eighth best team in the ACC. Their recruitment is not great. I think we have to pump the brakes on this a little bit. I would. I think Kingsbury would probably go to a better school for an OC job. And I also think Gene Chizik, if he's going to make his return to like being a legitimate coach, he's going to probably go to a bigger school. I think this is all a lot of smoke and mirrors, honestly. I mean, I will be happy to prove wrong. I want to see, because I know Larry Fedora, 
like, listen, I watched that North Carolina-Miami game on Thursday night when North Carolina got the living daylights beat out of them by a Miami team that was about to implode. So, um, like, I just think that, that that program's trash right now. Their basketball team is not, thank God. Um, yeah, right. By the way, folks, if you haven't figured this out, I only root for one North Carolina team as their basketball team, and uh, I'm very happy about how they're playing this year. But, um, yeah, no, that that bat, that football program is, like, absolute trash right now. They need to really just re- build it from the ground up with a young head coach. Go get Mario Cristobal. Like, go get somebody who's, like, young who's actually going to go attack the team. If they hired Kingsbury as head coach, that makes sense. See, that's my theory here is – I think that since Mac Brown is such a respected coach that Kingsbury would go there knowing that he's not going to be a coordinator for long. And then Mac Brown would just give him the reins. And then yeah, Mac Brown, maybe North Carolina would be something that they've never been for, which is really good at football. Yeah. North Carolina. I don't think that's going to work. I just think it's still, I just think it's too much for North Carolina. They're going to shoot themselves in the foot and try to hire some coach, big name coach. It's going to not pan out. Yeah. Why, why Petrino gets hired there. I would laugh hysterically. Um, yeah. So, so to, and the rundown, we're going to go with the college football rankings. The new ones were just released uh, while we were before we recorded this. And a little bit of change up just because, you know, some big teams lost. Uh, we'll just do the top 10 again because, I mean, never really cares about it after that, especially for the playoff. Um, so LSU somehow is at 10 still. I was kind of surprised about that. I thought they would fall more. I mean, I understand it was seven overtimes at seventy-two point or seventy-four points and a Texas A&M team that, I mean, they were ranked, but they're ten. Florida nine. UCF stays at eight. Poor guys, especially with Mackenzie Milton getting hurt. I feel bad. Um, Michigan goes to seven. Ohio State goes to six. Oklahoma five. Georgia four. Notre Dame three. Clemson two. Alabama one. <sighs> I think the biggest thing is George at four. I, I honestly, I look at it like this. I'm like, I saw that headline before you even talked. We you even called in for this, and I, I try. I'm trying to reason in my head. I mean, yes, Georgia did make it to the national title last year, and yes, they do have mostly the same roster except for losing Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, and, and Raquan Smith. So you know, the three best players. Yeah. Um, he asked Kirby Smart's great head coach. I'm just trying. You know what? Honestly, though, I would rather take Georgia over Oklahoma or Ohio State. So, like, I, I get the ranking. Now I think about it more and more. <laughs> Maybe it's the beer talking. I'm not sure. But, like, <laughs> the, logic's, the logic's starting to kick in. I'm like, wait a minute. Oklahoma shot themselves in the foot. So did Ohio State. But Georgia's kind of just hung around there the entire season and taken one bad loss. Yeah. And, and they've bounced back. I think it makes sense to me. I still think it's going to be probably Georgia, Alabama again, or possibly you might get lucky and get Clemson back in. I think Notre Dame is going to get the living daylights kicked out of them when they get into the playoff, but whatever. I, I just, this season of college football just sucks because it's, it's a setup for next year when Tua, it, when Alabama loses like a bunch of their defense and they're actually going to be somewhat vulnerable on the other side of the ball, and Clemson's not going to be as good, and then you're going to have a bunch of other teams coming up. Because, like, next year is the season you're going to see a lot of the changeover. Yeah. You've had the Clemson-Alabama, like Notre Dame. Like, uh, we've had the same kind of n- nine teams dominating for the last eight years. Now we're going to see, like, the Miamis, the uh, West Virginias. I think you guys are, like, two, three years away. We have, like, the Miamis, the Floridas. I think Kentucky's here to stay. I love how they're doing in that program. I think Mississippi State's on the uprise. I think uh, so is um, I think Georgia's here to stay as well. There was just the first of this new wave. Yeah. I think the Alabama dynasty. And don't tell Kevin. Kevin's gonna get so ticked. I said this, but I I think this is the f- I think Alabama's gonna be the last of these teams to die off. I think it's gonna be three or four years before they fall away. But Clemson, I think, is gonna be the first to fall off. Well, there was also a rumor, or not rumor, but supposedly uh, Dava said at a press conference because they. Because Clemson can always go undefeated, but they're never going to be ranked higher than Alabama when they're undefeated. He kind of is like he wants to give her some respect or he's going to have to go somewhere else. I think he was just saying that just to stir up some shit. But, I mean, the only thing about this top this, like top six, because nobody else is going to sneak into the four really, uh, top six, is they put putting a Georgia at four, which everyone knew was going to happen. If they beat Bama, I could just see them flip-flopping. If they beat Bama, the, world, the sky is going to fall – and all hell's going to rain because, you know, every ESPN SEC homer 
is going to lose their dang minds because they are so set on Tua being the next coming of Jesus and that team just steamrolling the way to the national title. And that will just throw a tire stick giant. You know me, Mark. I love chaos. Like, I would – I said this to you the other day. And actually, no, I did not say this to you. I, I said I, – I said this to my buddy at the bar. I said, I don't care if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. I just want them to go into New Orleans in the first round of the playoffs and upset the, Ram, uh, upset the Saints and then get their butt kicked by the Rams next week. I worship chaos, controlled chaos. It's what I live my life by. And I would love to see Tua in, this, in, the, in the Crimson Tides lose. Yeah, but they're and not going to be out. I know they won't be out, but it literally will destroy. Seed, it'll just destroy a Clemson, giant. Beat Clemson, then they'll end up playing Georgia in the championship again. <laughs> I don't care, honestly. You know, I would just love to see a colossal just craziness because you know everyone in the Al- everyone is going to lose their minds because like, oh, is Alabama still good? Because it, it, the only way Alabama doesn't make the playoff is if they get their ass handed to them by Georgia. Like I'm talking yeah. about, like forty points. Like Tua gets knocked out, and yes. Jalen Hurts throws five picks. Like literally, it's the only way that Alabama does not make the playoff because they're just—it's such a good team. But yes. this is—I think this is the final peak of the Saban dynasty. I think next year they're not going to win. I think I, here's the thing about Tua—he's a great quarterback, but he also has just such a loaded team around him. I want to see what he does when he actually starts losing talent. Yeah, it's going to show how good of a quarterback he is. So you know, I could be proven wrong, but that's just way, the way I look at it. So, so you're all about the dynasties falling apart. Warriors, I am. I am all about. Rome, I am all about Rome falling, man. I love seeing dynasties topple and new ones yeah. rising up. Uh, hey, we toppled the the Patriots dynasty. So let's... Yeah, that is true. Um, but real quick, to, before the, we end this, I think that or in the rundown, I think the only scenario is Georgia loses. They're obviously out. Oklahoma beats Texas handily, which is impossible for them to do because of defense. They'll sneak into four. If Ohio State even has a remotely close game with Northwestern, I think Oklahoma takes the four seed. I am picking Northwestern in that game because of their strength coach. <laughs> Worked for you last week. That dude, I want to go. I want to literally hit hit the gym with that guy. He looks awesome. Dude, he put me to. He'd make me feel like a smallest kid in the world. But uh, yeah, so that wraps up the rundown. Week 12. All right, and it's time for the report card. This is my segment where I tell Mark a bunch of uh, topics in sports this week, and we grade them based on an F through A system, and we actually have to give a 30-second explanation about why we picked that grade. All right, first off, Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns says he wants to build a super team in Phoenix. Mark, is that even possible, or is Devin Booker just really just talking out of his ass at this point? I'm going to give an A for effort, C for reality. Um, there's, I mean, he can say all he wants, but I don't see anybody wanting to go to Phoenix. It just doesn't seem like a cool destination for me. For any other, like the, like it's not a big enough like uh, team slash. I would say like, I mean, I only know the market that well, but uh, yeah, I'm going to say C because I don't really see. Plan a word there. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I don't see anybody actually. All right, to I'm going to hang up the phone and I'm going to finish the podcast <laughs> myself. All right, I, I get what you're saying though. And honestly, I look at it like this: Devin Booker is a great shooter. He's a great offensive scorer. The problem, Phoenix is a great market. Like, like I'm a I'm a Phoenix for baseball. I'm a huge Diamondbacks fan. If you guys haven't figured that out by now, the thing is. It's a great market, but the problem is there's L.A., there is Miami, there is uh, New York, Boston, Atlanta. There's all these other great markets that are just to be able to compete. And, yes, Atlanta's trash. I don't even know why I threw them in that market, but you know what I meant. There's two L.A. teams. Exactly. There's Oklahoma City. There's Golden State. I don't see any way that this is going to happen. I think Devin Booker most likely won't be a son in three years. I think he might be like a – a, uh, a Heat or a Timberwolf or a Laker or a Clipper or a Warrior. He's not going to be in it, the way the NBA is built now. Until something changes, loyalty among play, loyalty to teams is not going to be exactly. Okay. So, what are you grading it? D plus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little. Give him a little credit with the plus. Yeah, give him a little credit. I I I give him I give him an A for effort, but a D plus for execution. All, All right. right. Next up, we have the Super Bowl odds. So I'm actually going to read this off quickly. So here are some of the highlights. This is released by Bleacher Report earlier today. So, of course, the Saints are plus 300. The Rams are plus 320. Chiefs plus 600. 
Patriots 600 and the Steelers plus 1000. And sliding on the list at number 11, we have our Philadelphia Eagles at plus 4000, tied with the Seahawks above the Ravens, Panthers, Broncos, and Titans and Packers. And above the Redskins, who have just completely fallen off the map because of no Alex Smith. Um, I look at it like this. The fact that the Eagles are still that high is great. Uh, one, I, I'm cracking up the Vikings are at plus 2,000. That team, yes, they beat the Packers, but that's not saying much. I think Aaron Rodgers has just completely fallen off the map this year. And I think that this is going to fluctuate, but I love the fact that it is so, the Saints are so high up and – I, I, I'm trying to understand. I, I get Bleacher Report's a real hype machine, and so is Vegas. But the fact is, there's only there's five straight. The, the, the first top-ranked defense in the top ten is the Bears at five, and then the Chargers at six, and the Texans at seven. Yeah. So I, I love how the NFL is so offensive-heavy this year, but people keep forgetting, and our Eagles proved that last year, defense wins Get championships, or at least gets you to them. I don't think the Chiefs are going to make the Super Bowl this year. I don't think the Patriots will, because neither of them can play defense. And when it comes down to it, defense will make the play to get you the game-winning score. Philadelphia over Tom Brady, forty-one thirty-three, and that's. Um, I, I honestly, I think I might call up our our boys Barstool to get that flag because I think I need to have it hanging in my room because that's the thing. This the Super Bowl odds make no sense to me because. First of all, playoff football is a completely different animal. You know as much as I do. And while I'm going on a rant, what do you grade it, Mark? <laughs> I was going to ask you where we were talking about the buzzards earlier. I was going to be like, eh, time's <laughs> up. Uh, I'm going to go with an A. Honestly, I think those are the top teams that are going to end up having a better chance. I think this year's playoffs is actually going to be one of the craziest playoffs just because every team does. I don't think there's a strong enough defense that's going to dominate Sandy. enough. Yeah, but they 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 don't they, they I don't trust them still. Like they're still too young for me to trust. I, I, believe see, in I, could, Rivers. <laughs> I could see the Chiefs uh still tearing up the Chargers defense again, but I'm gonna give it an A because I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an A minus only because I just I wanna see these teams like release these rankings week seventeen when everything but the wild cards and a couple of bottom division standings have been dealt with. I just I look at it like this. I think the Texans are a legitimate Super Bowl contender because they literally have somehow from the brink of death have come back from 0-3 to be like a dominant team. And I think the Texans, I mean, the Chargers have matured over the year. And I, I just think the Chiefs are so overrated because they just keep blowing out teams with average defenses. I give it an A-. minus. I still think the Saints are that team that literally is going to, everyone's going to think is going to blow everyone out like the Rams were last year. And then they're going to lose in the first round. Going forward, Demarcus Lawrence. Now, I love this quote. He was asked about the game plan versus the Saints all line. He goes, we're going to choke their ass out. (laughs) I am not kidding. That is what he said. Now, if you guys don't, Demarcus Lawrence, solid pass rusher for the Dallas Dallas Cowgirls. Um, I I honestly cannot stand the Cowboys as much as Mark knows that. Um, I look at it like this. I am praying for Dallas Cowboy fans. Because the um, the ass whooping the Saints are going to give them is going to be monumental. I give listen. I give Demarcus Lawrence an A for confidence, but an F for stupidity. Because I would like the Saints O line is dominant. They don't let Breeze barely got touched against us with the best passers from one of the best passers in football. Even if you lined up four Khalil Max against them, I guarantee Breeze only gotten sacked four times. Something that's, about that. That's, si- that's a stretch. Okay, maybe five or six. But the Saints, the system they run, it just is so easy for them to keep Breeze above ground with Kamara and Ingram running the football. They keep you honest. And Mike Thomas is one of the best receivers in football. I called it early in the year, and everyone called me yeah. crazy for calling him a top five receiver. And I'm laughing at all of you idiots because I was right. Um, yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you that I'm giving him an A just because that's just funny as shit. Like, I'm glad he said it. Like, I mean, so... at least he's honest, but I'm kind of scared. I don't know why this game popped into my head. It happened. I think when I was in high school, but the saints were undefeated. Nobody was, st- could beat them. And I remember 
Cowboys went into the Saints uh, arena and they beat them. And I was so pissed. My best one of my best friends growing up was a Cowboys fan. I watched it with him. I could not believe it. So I'm scared that this is going to be a, like a repeats history kind of moment. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm thinking this game might actually be closer than it. Uh, I think than you think. I guess. So I'm going to give him an A. And yeah, Mark, I need you to pick the Saints. In the, I mean, to pick the Cowboys in this game. <laughs> if I, I gotta, I gotta, if I pick the Panthers, then I have to pick the Saints. Okay. <laughs> no, you have to pick the Cowboys. We'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see. I'm trying to get a victory this week. Listen, I haven't been, I've let you win. Our, our Eagles are more important than your stupid record in this podcast. Oh, fair. I see what you mean. <laughs> see. All right. <laughs> okay. Um. Next up on the report card. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, we all agree to that. All right. Next up. Baker Mayfield and Damian Woody of ESPN. Now, you wrote an article about the whole Baker Mayfield situation, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go to the end because you're gonna knock this out. But the whole Damian Woody beef, the fact that Damian Woody then went on Twitter and had to record a video talking about how Hugh Jackson got fired and like and Baker Mayfield's clapback was epic because he goes, I didn't lose 30 games as a head coach three and thirty as a head coach, and I didn't get a scholarship. He just like he he like just the clapback was epic, and I'm citing Team Baker. I give Baker an A for this because he's Baker being Baker. I love it. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. Not who's not wearing Eagles green, and I love that he clapped back at Damian Woody because honestly, I am sick of the coach sympathy. Hugh Jackson was not a good head coach, but he's a good offensive mind. He'll get another job. I'm tired of this. Oh, if he doesn't do this and that, he won't get a job. He'll get a job. The whole NFL coaching cycle is a joke because unless you're so bad that you don't deserve to... Lane Kiffin was one of the worst head coaches in, in Oakland history and became a great offensive coach and is not a head coach in college football. He will get a job. Don't give me this sob story crap. Shut up, Damian Woody. ESPN, get this guy off the air. Jesus, like, come on. All right. Man, I, I wish really I should have took some. Uh, better. Like, this yeah. is ridiculous. Like, uh, shut up. Like, come on. I'm so, yeah, I agree trash. with you. I give, da- I give Damian Woody an F because this was a BS clapback. And Baker, my boy, gets an A minus. I think he could have done better with the handshake, but whatever. I yeah. have done. I, yeah, I mean, I pretty much, you were pretty close to my, uh, what's it called? My article today it was called. Hugh, do you think you are a little, you know, me and my plan of words? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the whole issue is here. There's no reason for Baker to say it at the press conference. But, like, I ended my article with Baker's always going to have the savvy responses and he's always going to cause the ruckus in the media. Two, Damian Woody, after watching him on first take this whole football season, is just an it's just extra person. Like, very passionate so loud, but sometimes his takes are just a little like outrageous, oh, I and he's I mean, just I hate all wild. first take Stephen A. Smith, so yeah. And then, I mean, and he's just gonna he's gonna let you know what his beliefs are. And we can't forget about our boy Hugh Jackson. Like, this man is so clueless, like, I don't understand how he, like, I don't think he this whole thing was brought up because of him leaving. And take another job. The whole thing, like, oh, he's still just trying to pay for, pay for the bills. He's making money still from the Browns, so whatever. I give. Um, I don't think. I don't think Hugh Jackson does deserve another. He should never head coach ever again. That's for one. But I give Baker a um, B because I don't think he actually should have said it. Damian Woody a D because I mean, dude, you're just acting. He called told he told Baker Mayfield to grow up as he responds through a video on Twitter like when he's on, in dude, his like, fucking gotchis bro he's in his, he's in a like an undershirt and like yeah on his on his personal phone like Damian Woody get the hell out of here and I give like, Hugh Jackson an A come on yeah I give Hugh Jackson an A because the man is just so clueless and he goes out there oh I'm gonna be shaking Baker's hand and oh let me get Demarius Randall to give me this interception ball thanks guys like that man's just so clueless but Hugh Jackson, you you make me you make football more entertaining because I get to make fun of you. So yes, I'm giving I got a B C a B a D and an A. All right, next up we have our boy Josh Adams, Mister Two One Five. The Philadelphia running back had 84 yards on 22 carries and a touchdown against the Giants. His whole interview this week. He's a Philly boy. He's a Notre Dame alum. I give. 
like I got to give this guy an A. He just fits Philadelphia's narrative. He is the running back. He's a tough guy. And he's the bell cow we've needed since Ajahi went down. I think he fits the system better than Ajahi does. I, I want to see what he does against a better rush defense than the Redskins. But I, I'm kind of I'm going full sell on this guy. I'm going A because like I, I I love this going forward. He yeah. fits our he fits our narrative. He's a quiet guy. But like he's just so Philly. Like even his touchdown celebration, he throws up a two one five every time he goes in the end zone. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm gonna go B because I need one more week. That's okay. it. Short and sweet. B one more week. There it is. All right, there we go. And last but not least, the Houston Texans last night put a nice little butt whooping on the Tennessee Titans. The game was closer from close for most of the game. But in the fourth quarter, the Texans just kind of pulled away. Lamar Miller broke off a, a Monday football record. It was a 97-yard rush. I'm actually watching it live right now on ESPN's uh, web, NFL Network website. And honestly, this is Lamar Miller, my boy from the U, house in this thing. But Supposedly, it's his second career 97-yard uh, touchdown. He's a, fast, he's a fast back, and I'm happy. Dory Jackson, holy shit, he almost caught him. I, was, I watched that. Well, here's like, the Dory Jackson was a quick here's the thing. Dory Jackson is one of the fastest athletes in the NFL, but yeah. – the thing is with um, Lamar Miller's is a quick back, and honestly, uh, I just I love seeing this. The Texans just played great last night. It's a ninth straight win or eighth straight win. Eighth. They went. They started out zero and three. Now they're eight and three. Yeah, you know what? They're just a dominant team. They're a Super Bowl contender. I give the Texans an A. They went out and beat a team that beat New England, and they whooped them. And it was it honestly like the it just it wasn't close. Even though it was close for most of the game, you saw in the second half. Demarius Thomas had two catches for touchdowns. Deshaun Watson looked back to his old self. The only thing that would have made him more dominant is if Kalani had a strip sack and DeAndre Hopkins had a touchdown. This yeah. game, like it, it honestly didn't even look that close as the score like said. Because I'm watching the highlights over again, and honestly, I look at it like this: the Texans just looked at, are just a better team than everyone else in the AFC South. They've locked this thing up. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think. Uh... I guess I love to refer back to history, but I mean, they're kind of like the Saints of last year. Saints started off 0-2 and then kind of went on that run. But I mean, I want to see, they still haven't really played. I mean, this is probably their best like team they've played since this whole run started. But um, yeah, I think Sean Watson's improved like tremendously this whole year since his injury. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to give it an A as well. Good for them. Let's see if they can keep it rolling. And that is the report card. All right. Final note, we're oh, this is a new addition to the show. We're actually going to save our picks for the games next week to our column. So you have to actually check out our column, check out our picks, check out our predictions. So we'll talk about those. Um, fi- now it's time for last call. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, we watched on Sunday night, the Green Bay Packers lose to the Minnesota Vikings. And the Packers are, of course, according to Stephen A. Smith, are dead in the water in this game. Season's over. I agree. But the bigger story here is Aaron Rodgers. For all the talk of him being better than Brady or him being better than Breeze, it's bullshit. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time due to titles, performance, clutch gene, whatever you want to call it, or model super, supermodel wife, whatever you want to say. Here's the thing. Drew Brees, great humanitarian, one of the best most efficient pass of all time. He's won a title. He might win another one this year. Aaron Rodgers, I was explaining this to a guy at the gym today, and they're like, what's the difference between, why is Aaron, why do I diss on Aaron Rodgers so much? Because he's a dick. And I'm not kidding. You've never heard receivers come out and talk about, oh, they hated playing with Drew Brees, they hated playing with Brady, they hated playing with Aikman, McNabb, Vic, um, Romo, Rivers, doesn't matter. You never hear that. The only quarterback I've ever heard receivers complain about is playing with Aaron Rodgers because he apparently, this is according to most words, he's aloof. He's kind of a tool. He's very high on himself. His best friend is Ryan Braun. That should tell you everything right there. They own a restaurant together in Milwaukee. That should just tell you everything you need to know. The two of them are scumbags. The thing is, Olivia Munn dumped his ass, and I love her. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, she's a great lady. Shout out, Olivia Munn. Shout out Olivia Munn. If you listen to the podcast for some miracle, shout out. <laughs> Here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers is done as one of the most feared quarterback in the NFL. You've got some newcomers. You have Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, Sean Watson, Tom Brady's still kicking. You have Phil Rivers. You have 
even Dak Prescott, I on I know who am I kidding? Um hmm. you get you get what I mean. The the uh, and even Trubisky I'd throw in that rank because he just you got out to by Kurt freaking Cousins on prime time. Are you kidding me? And Rodgers missed some throws that were atrocious. I think Aaron Rodgers needs to get out of Green Bay. I think the Packers need to completely blow that team up and start over. The time of the Packers being dominant has ended. It started when Brett Favre started, and now it's going to be over with Aaron Rodgers leaving. The Packers need to start over. I know it hasn't happened since the 80s, but it needs to happen now. And you know what? That's it. I I just think that Rodgers is not what he used to be. I think he's not even the he's he's at night he's. I could even take him out of the top five best quarterbacks in the league right now, based off the stats. Ooh. Ooh. I would, if you're gonna pace off of season right now and efficiency, quarterback efficiency. Our boy Carson Wentz, even after his four interception game, is still has a better efficiency rating than him. He had a was a, a 31 efficiency rating last night against the Vic two nights ago against the Vikings. Come on, man! Like I, I'm done with this. Like I'm done with this. Rodgers, the most dumb receiver ever. Like the problem is Ted Thompson needs to go. Rodgers needs to go. McCarthy needs to go. The Packers need to start over. And he got outdueled by Kirk Cousins again. And it, it and the Vikings just look like a better team. The only reason they put him away is because you know it's the Vikings. They can never win a game by more than the touchdown. So that's it. That's my last call. Aaron Rodgers and the Aaron Rodgers dominance of the, over the AFC North is done. I would still take Matthew Stafford over him. Wink, wink. Um, yeah, wink, wink. Because you're so full of shit. <laughs> Andrew, General Andrew Luck can lose. Um, all right, that's about it for this week. Mark, you got any final thoughts? No, just kind of on that though. Yeah, I think the Green Bay is definitely coming down to the final final steps in that whole dynasty they or not dynasty but like you know what i mean that little run they have with that group of rel- but I era, mean, era we'll call it the era of relevancy i mean when you lose to kirk cousins in prime time which is very hard to do it's, i mean it's you gotta, near impossible you, you gotta look yourself in the mirror and say something's gotta change so that's uh that's all i have to say all right that's about it for this week uh be sure to follow us on twitter at the corner with pod uh, or at belly up jared or at belly up riley uh, check out our column. It should be up Friday morning. This podcast, of course, will be up Wednesday. And we look forward to a great weekend of football and sports. And we will see you guys next week. All right. See you guys next week. And have a pleasure uh, watching the championship weekend. Exactly. Adios. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at BellyUpJared and at Mark Riley.